You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. You know it. Here we are once again with another episode of the world-famous Chick Whisperer podcast. We're going to discuss a topic that's probably uncomfortable to some guys today, but it's a necessary one, and I think this is going to probably end up being one of our most popular episodes ever, and that's going to be on conquering fear once and for all. What we're talking about here is clubbing it over the head with a shovel until it stops twitching in your front yard. (laughs) We're going to get rid of fear. We're going to get rid of anxiety. We're going to get rid of worry. It's all under the same umbrella. And uh, hopefully you're not clubbing it with an umbrella till it stops twitching. But I digress. <laughs> with me today is a new friend of mine. I just got invited to speak at his awesome conference to be held later this year called the Elite Man Conference. He is the head of Elite Man Magazine from Boston, Justin Stenstrom, man. Welcome, my friend. Thanks, Scott. What an uh, awesome introduction, man. I'm really pleased to be on here, man. Yeah, well, you know, you're a fellow podcaster, and I always love getting guys on the show who not only are smart and know what they're talking about, but who are easy to edit. And you're going to be one of those guys, so I can't wait for this conversation. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Editing's uh, usually probably the most daunting and kind of tedious process. So uh, I like having people on like yourself too. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And anybody out there who's ever tried to run a podcast even for one episode is already like thumbs up, nodding in agreement going, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you get guests on their show and they talk like George W. Bush. It's like, yeah, you got this there. Here. I mean, I don't care what your political leanings are. I wouldn't have wanted to edit George W. Bush's podcast. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't think I'd want to edit uh, Donald Trump's either, but I digress. (laughs) So here we go. Here we go. You brought this idea to the table, this whole idea of, hey, Scott, man, let's talk about fear and getting rid of it. What would influence a guy like you to come up with a topic like that? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, really a good question, but it all kind of stems from my background and everything and how I got into, you know, this whole self-development community and, you know, even my site and everything. But just to kind of keep the long story short, it basically, you know, happened over a period of time, uh, seven, eight years ago, I was having panic attacks all the time, had incredible anxiety, uh, you know, had no confidence, no dating life, all that stuff. It was really an umbrella of different uh, sort of problems. But uh it all kind of helped when I got over the fear of, uh, you know, having anxiety or having panic attacks and things like that. Not to really get too clinical and, you know, and all that stuff. If you have panic attacks or, you know, any kind of medical diagnosis like that, you probably should, uh, you know, consult with a doctor. But for me, getting over those things, it really kind of steered me in the right direction where I was going in my life. And, uh, yeah, I like sharing that message with as many people as possible. And I frequently talk about this, you know, on my site and in, you know, when I help people through uh, coaching and stuff, it all kind of stems back to to conquering your fears first before you can really move forward with your life in any other kind of area. You know, what you just said at the end there is especially profound. You've got to conquer your fears before you can move on. Someone wise once said, a life lived in fear is a life half lived. 
And anybody who suffers from anxiety or a deep-seated fear, uh, even to the point of panic attacks like you're talking about, knows that. If you're worried about something, if you see this long black cloud coming down, you know, a la Bob Dylan, (laughs) and you just think, something bad's going to happen or you're worried about this or you've just got a phobia of any kind that's pervasive in your life, you're not living a full life. Part of you is being left behind or probably more accurately, a part of you is being suppressed from fully living life by that fear. And that's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Oh man, it's the worst. It really is. It's uh it can take over and pretty much control, you know, anything you do. And, and it's just like, you like you said, you're not living your full life. You're not living up to your full potential. You can't enjoy life when you're always on the edge like that. I mean, everything is just so much sweeter when, when your fear just goes away. Right, right. You know, and panic attacks in particular are so strange and frustrating. You know, I used to suffer from those probably darn near 20 years ago. And what would happen is my brain would go into an analytic mode to the point where I was just in another universe swirling through a vortex of, my gosh, if this happens, then that's going to happen, and it can only end in disaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, a good way to give anybody a panic attack is to contemplate eternity versus just death. (laughs) And it's like, I can't handle either one of them. And you just start thinking too hard about stuff that you should just let you know, slide for the sake of your own sanity. And the next thing you know, you're like, OMG, this is going to kill me or I'm not going to die or my goodness, something terrible is going to happen. And it literally paralyzes you. You can't move from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like you, man. I got a very sort of analytical mind myself and I like to, and it's good in you know, a lot of aspects and stuff and I use it now to my advantage. But uh, back in the day, man, it's like every little thing that popped up, I'd just be thinking about, you know, the repercussions of it or the, you know, the negativity of it or what could happen if I did that or what's going to happen if I do this. And it's just like you're living in the future and kind of projecting uh, all these negative falsehoods in the future. And it's just like it takes away from what's happening right now and and actually how to live your life right in this moment. Well, visualizations, when left to their own devices, almost invariably turn negative. Mastering the art of positive visualization, a la Michael Jordan, just seeing the ball go through the net, mm-hmm. is an amazing skill to acquire. And one of the things you just mentioned that I think really should be underscored is this whole idea of fearing the future. And that is worry by definition. Worrying is a fear of the future. And I've heard it been said, I've never really held a slide rule up to this thing and figured out whether you know the metrics were correct, but up to 90% of what we worry about never happens. It'll <laughs> never come true, possibly even more. What do you think about that? I mean, huh. worrying to me sounds like a useless emotion when you get right down to it. Yeah. Fear and, and whatever, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, really, I mean, it has its place, you know, in the moment, in different situations, you know, I mean, these survival, uh, you know, life or death kind of flight or flight moments, you know, you're, you're faced... Uh, uh, I mean, in this day and age, we don't see it as much, but our ancestors, you know, faced against a uh, lion or something like that, you know, it had its purpose. But uh, all the stresses in our everyday life, you know, trigger the same sort of reaction. We ha- we get all these emotions and it's still kind of ingrained into us, you know, innately. And uh, we just don't know how to deal with it anymore, like the stress of, of work or being late or, you know, just little things throughout the day. And it, it causes the same sort of uh, stress relief and anxiety throughout our bodies and our brains. 
And uh, it's something that we just have to get a hold of because otherwise it, you know, it can lead to things like uh, anxiety disorders or even depression, you know, things like that. It's so important, man. Like you said, 90, if it's up to 90% of the worry that we have, it never actually happens. I mean, just think about that, man. We're worrying so much more than we actually have to. <laughs> it's just wasted cycles. It is, you know, man. On one hand, like you said, a fearless adrenaline junkie is a dead adrenaline junkie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have to rein in that fear and respect it. And anybody who's into really extreme activities like that knows that whole concept very well. It's more like you have to embrace the fear and approach it with courage. You know, even like combat veterans understand that. You don't want to freak out, but you have to go do this thing. But you don't want to go do things that are foolish thinking, ah, oh, you know what, nothing bad can ever happen to me. That's not what we're talking about here. But yet, some people let that fear control them rather than them controlling that fear. That's what it sounds like you're talking about. Can you elaborate on that some? Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, even myself, like I'm a, an analytical person, like I mentioned, uh, I, I get to thinking about something happening. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all these horrible scenarios or Eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, I'd be giving myself a panic attack worrying about these things. You know, people don't know how to kind of deal with them or how or some of the techniques you can use to really sort of end fear or anxiety in its tracks. And uh, when you have a negative thought pop up, just get rid of it and move on with your life. But, you know, some of the techniques I kind of want to talk about are some of the things that helped me and, and help some of my clients that that have these same problems they work really well, man. They, they're really effective and pretty simple too. It's nothing crazy, nothing complex. Uh, you know, I'm not telling you it's rocket science and, and that you really have to study for, for years or months or anything at a time. It's really just something you can kind of take away now and start implementing right away. I think that sounds like a great idea. I want to hear all the specifics. I want to get real practical for these guys with actionable stuff that they can use because if we're all honest with ourselves, and I hope we are, we all are afraid of something. And we wish we weren't afraid of it. And we first have to evaluate, look, how rational is my fear or am I just worrying over nothing? And of course, if it gets to the point of a panic attack or something that's paralyzing you, obviously you've got to deal with that condition. So uh, talk to me, Justin, how do you want to work this? You want me to give you some examples that guys might be interested in who are listening to this show typically and uh, kind of talk about the solutions or you want to take it from a more holistic perspective and just start giving us different solutions and apply perhaps examples to those. It's up to you. Scott, what do you think your listeners would like better? Would you would you rather have some of the examples that you have coming up or do you think maybe just me throwing some stuff at you or your guys might, might be better? Yeah, let's go with the former and let's start with okay. approach anxiety. Guys being afraid to meet women go up to them and talk to them because they either fear rejection or they even fear, you know, that they're bothering women. I mean, that's a big one. That's one that's a rising tide with all the videos the guys have been seeing about women saying, hey, don't even look at us on the street. It's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. And guys fear women in general too. But I mean, I think we can start on the micro scale, relatively speaking, with uh, approaching women and going up and talking to them? How do we conquer that fear? Or do we just control that fear? Which is it? Yeah, that's a really good one. I like the uh, sort of end of that. Uh, <laughs> see, the thing is, something with like approach anxiety, I mean, no matter what you do, you're all, like you said earlier too, you're always going to have fear in your life. So it's just really a matter of conquering. It's not, or controlling it, I should say. It's not a matter of completely ridding it forever or, uh, you know, never having anxiety or fear again. But just learning how to work with it and sort of uh, use it to your advantage in a way, specifically for approaching women. 
you're always going to have fear when you go up to women. And it's a good thing. If you didn't have any fear at all, if you didn't have excitement, if you didn't have that nervousness when you're going up and, and talking to a beautiful lady, then you would be dull. You'd be boring when you went up to her. You probably wouldn't... Uh, be uh, thinking quick or, you know, have something clever or funny to say. He'd be, you'd just be a boring, you know, kind of average, uh, dull guy. But instead of looking at it like, oh my God, this is crazy fear. Uh, you know, I have all this uh, approach anxiety, these butterflies and everything. Uh, I'm going to forget what I want to say and, and look like an idiot. Instead of kind of framing it in that aspect, a very simple thing to do is just frame it in the aspect that when you start to get anxiety, you think of it as excitement. You think of it as a good sort of nervous energy that you can use to your advantage. So w when you see a beautiful woman, instead of, you know, automatically kind of stepping back and, and, you know, letting your thoughts kind of take over, uh, you know, all your negative thoughts, just immediately go for it and say, all right, I'm anxious. I'm a little nervous, but this is good. I, I, I'm more excited now. I'm going to be more charismatic and enthusiastic. So just immediately go for it and kind of start shifting your mindset away from the negative sort of reaction. I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as a negative emotion or you can look at it as a positive emotion. If you just really switch your mindset into thinking or start thinking that it's more of a positive thing, that's, you know, a really simple way to start uh, start doing it right now. You know, if you're not excited and don't feel the butterflies when you're about to approach a woman who could become someone significant in your life, and someone you really like, then you probably should check to see if you can still fog a mirror. <laughs> I mean, you're at least in a coma if you're feeling nothing. And if you're feeling nothing, I think that's a bigger problem than feeling something is what I'm trying to say. So first of all, cheers for that. That's excellent. That's something most guys need to wrap their head around because there's a lot of talk about conquering, like you said. And, you know, I think it's great that we want to kill our fears and everything. And, you know, I talked about that at the outset of the show, kind of half kidding. And most of our fears, a lot of our worry for sure, we need to really conquer. But, you know, let's not confuse that with nervous, exciting energy. I mean, this is kind of like, I don't know, meeting women can kind of be equated to sort of an extreme sport. It's like surfing or hang gliding. I mean, it's exciting. Anything could happen. And yet guys so fear an outcome where something negative happens because it's going to affect their personality. It's going to affect their self-esteem. I mean, if you wipe out on a big wave, ah, you know what? You shake your head and you get back out there and paddle out. But if a woman says, get away from me, you ugly little creep, <laughs> a guy's thinking, my God, I'm an ugly little creep. This is horrible. And he hangs his head and, you know, leaves never to ask another woman out again. So in many ways for guys, the stakes involved when meeting a woman are higher than any other extreme sport, except maybe, you know, something where you would splat like paragliding or <laughs> skydiving or something. But, you know, notwithstanding that, I mean, this really is something that guys let get inside their head. And, you know, what I've always said, Justin, is this whole idea of approach anxiety comes from pre-approval of the woman you're talking to. You've already decided she's a goddess. You've already decided you want her. Whereas if you reserve that judgment, go and just talk to her and see what kind of person she is. I mean, for all you know, she could have bad breath or something and you're going to be turned off immediately. Treat it as a simple conversation, not a competition 
to see whether you win or you lose, whether she accepts you or rejects you. I think that's a good thing to remember. Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent point, man. It's like, you know, putting her on a pedestal before you even know who she is. It's like, you're right. She may not even fit into, you know, what you think is a good person. She may be, you know, a total idiot or something. You know, may not like her values, anything, man. Like, it's happened. There's, yeah, there's it, so it's... many, there's so many different ways, man. And it's, uh, it's really important for guys to kind of not let themselves be put like beneath a woman and, and devalued before they even talk to or, or approach her in this case. What's the difference between something like approach anxiety and fear of asking her number or moving forward sexually with her? I know that's a huge fear for a lot of guys. All of these different stages of interacting with women, each one of them seems like they have a fear that goes along with it, kind of like a sidecar. You know, yeah. I mean, what's up with that? What's going on there? Is it kind of the same thing over and over or are there different facets to that that we need to look at differently if we're going to overcome? Uh, it kind of is the same thing over and over again, just uh, sort of different ways, obviously, of doing like, a, you know, another big thing is like going for the first kiss, right? Like if you haven't, you know, had a kiss yet or anything like that, and you're kind of, and it's usually the biggest thing. It's like the biggest hurdle. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's actually kind of easy. The, the first kiss compared to some of the other parts. But for some guys, it's huge because it's like, you know, very intimate or whatever. And it's uh, sort of talked up and it's like this big thing. I mean, it's just another real kind of hurdle to get over. And anxiety across the board has a lot of the same sort of aspects to it, just different ways of really dealing with it. And I think for things like sex, sexual escalation or things like that, it, it really just comes down to the confidence you have at that point to kind of know what you're doing and know that you're good enough to have this woman, uh, you know, have sex with you or kiss you or take her clothes, whatever, whatever it is, really. It has to do with the confidence that you have inside and knowing that you're good enough for her or can lead her and that she's going to be comfortable, I guess, uh, doing as you want things to go. You know, when you get right down to it, confidence can be defined as belief in one's own competence. The more you believe you can get this job done, the easier it's going to be for you to execute in the face of, you know, nerves or anything like that. Confidence isn't necessarily getting rid of that nervous energy or conquering that fear. It's, you know, you know, you're going to come out the other side and it's going to be okay. So it's easier to proceed. So I like what you said about that. I think that really makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, Justin, I think this show would be an excellent opportunity to clear up something that I think confuses a lot of people out there. And that's this whole idea of fear of success as opposed to or maybe juxtaposed against fear of failure. I think a lot of people don't understand what that really means, but yet a lot of guys suffer from one or the other. Could you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, so the fear of failure is really more about uh, you know, the procrastination part where you know, you're just kind of putting things off because you don't want to put yourself out there and then fall flat on your face. And this is a actually a problem that a lot of people have, I feel like, and especially things like businesses or, you know, online business or, you know, they, uh, people have an idea They you know, they work nine to five and they don't want to, they don't like their job, but they don't want to, they don't want to take the next step and, and kind of go out and, and do what they really want to do. Like say an online business or a business that they've, you know, been, been had in the back of their mind for years. Fear of success is really sort of, the fear of when you get something done or whatever, when you finally achieve something, it's kind of huh, not what you wanted really or not uh, kind of careful what you ask for thing where it's like different than what you expected. And so that it can hold people back as well. And it's certainly an issue that a lot of guys and, and women also have to kind of get over as well. What, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. First of all, fear of failure. 
I have guys who will call me up and go, look, Scott, I am sick of not getting the kind of women I want. I had yet another bad date last night, and I've just been kicked over the fence. It's time to do a coaching program with you. And I'll give them all the details and welcome them aboard. And at the point of the conversation where it's time to start, they'll go, well, I have to think about it. (laughs) And they're the ones who called me saying, I want to do this. And, you know, it's an interesting moment because, you know, I don't want anybody on my coaching program who doesn't want to be there. So if they legitimately are having some pause about it or they don't want to do this, then I'm not going to be their coach. And this is not for them. But it's interesting how the vast majority of guys who get to that point are saying to themselves, really, what if I do this and I put forward the time and the energy and the effort and the resources and at the other side, I fail. I get nothing. It doesn't happen. I'm going to feel like even more of a washed up failure than I could ever feel now. I'm going to feel worse than before I started. And the funny thing is that's legitimate because it is scary. It is something that guys worry about. But, you know, we've already talked about worry. Most of the things you worry about won't come to fruition. What it really is, is the chance to step up and take care of getting this part of your life handled with me right there at your side. It's exciting. It's the first moment when success is going to be within view and it's only going to move forward from there. But see, that's easy for me to say. I can glibly talk about that with a guy on the phone all day long. Why? Well, it's kind of like skydiving. You can want the adrenaline rush. You can want to knock it off your bucket list. But man, when you get up in that plane, all suited up, all geared out, ready to go, and that door opens and you feel the wind and you look down and go, whoa. (laughs) You might not jump out of that plane because all of a sudden you're face to face with the reality of, hey, you know what? I might fall out of this plane and splat (laughs) because you've never jumped out of the plane before. It's your first time. Well, usually nowadays when you go skydiving for the first time, they strap you to another guy. Well, I'm kind of like that guy they strap you to, only we won't be like awkwardly strapped to each other. (laughs) The difference between a newbie skydiver and the guy he's getting strapped to, of course, is the guy he's getting strapped to is probably on his 1,652nd dive. You know, this is a day at the office for that guy. He's pretty sure, hey, we're not going to splat. He knows what it's like. He's been there. He can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So when I give guys the analogy I just gave you, they're thinking, you know, that I can understand. And I tell them, look, One of the things I do is I talk to every guy I coach before I coach him so I can figure out whether I'm comfortable getting him results he wants or not. Why? Because I got a 10-year perfect track record of getting results for every guy I've ever worked with. Is that only necessarily because I'm good at what I do? Well, it has a lot also to do with the fact that I see this guy as being able to get results ahead of time. I see that light at the end of the tunnel. I know he's not going to splat. So I can help assuage that fear of failure. So I think this whole idea of people fearing the unknown, especially when it's not something they've undertaken before a thousand times, that lack of confidence breeds that fear of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I do this? Am I going to splat or will I land on my feet? And whichever wins out, the fear of the unknown versus the potential thrill of victory is going to be what rules the day. And I think That is very profound for guys to figure out. And if you can somehow tip the scales in favor of, hey, the victory is going to rule the day, that positive visualization is going to make all the difference, along with, of course, any reassurance from someone who's been there and done that who can help encourage you, which is a big part of what a coach does, frankly. 
So there's that. You also talked about fear of success in a particularly eloquent way. I love what you said. It's almost like once you go after something, you know you want that goal, but that goal is going to bring out a whole bunch of other things to consider once you get there. Like one of the things guys tell me if they're relatively inexperienced with women is, hey, you know, I would love to be able to go ask a woman out. I'd love to go see what's up with her, make her laugh, be this charming guy. But then I got to do stuff like get her phone number. And I don't know what to do to make that happen. And what if I, you know, she flakes out on the date and I don't ever get to see her. It's going to be worse than if I just wouldn't have talked to her. And what happens if I get her on a date and it's time to kiss her and I bonk at the finish line? I'm going to feel like such a loser. And what if I get her into the bedroom, get her clothes off, and I can't get it up and I can't perform? Or what if I come too soon? My gosh, this is going to be even worse than if I never talked to her. And of course, what if she leaves me someday, takes all the kids, takes half my income? Next thing you know, I'm going to be one of the men going their own way because I've worried myself into oblivion. <laughs> all because, you know, hey. It might be exciting to figure out how to ask a woman out, but because all those other worries are lurking on the other side of success in that one area, heck, you know what? I'm just going to stay the hell away. I'm not even going to risk all that other stuff. So what would you say to those guys who are thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not even going to go there because what's on the other side that's looming larger than what I'm looking at in front of me right now is even more scary than what I'm potentially going to try to do. The choice is really up to them. If they want to live unsatisfied, unfulfilled lives, then they can absolutely do that. They can sit back, you know, sort of fit into the norms of society because most people kind of don't live the life they want to live. Most people are kind of afraid and, and, and don't take that next step in life. But if they want to live the life that they really want to, you know, follow their dreams and, and go after their passions and really do what they want, then you have to do what you're talking about here, man. You have to take that leap. You have to kind of put aside all those fears and those worries and those doubts that you have and just go for it. I mean, that's what life's all about, man. I mean, that's that's what I truly believe in my life and that's what I preach and tell all my friends and clients and everything. It, that's really what life is all about to me. And, and it, it's about getting over your fears and going after what you truly want. You know, Justin, everybody sits around and watches life happen on TV. Mm -hmm. They're watching the Travel Channel. They're watching the National Geographic Channel. They're watching even ESPN, watching someone else be active and go out and do the things they're too damn afraid to do. Meanwhile, people are dying of heart attacks in front of their television. <laughs> you know, <laughs> life is short either way. <laughs> you know, one of the things my wife Emily and I decided long ago is we're going to live a life of adventure. We're going to be more about experiences than possessions. And we're going to teach our kids that. We're going to raise our kids up with that mindset because, you know, life should be something that happens, not something that you're a spectator for. And you're absolutely stone cold correct. I couldn't agree with every word you said more because <laughs> people need to say, you know what? Yeah, fine. Something bad may happen, but I'm going to go out and do it anyway. And I'll figure out that puzzle if and when it ever comes up. And uh huh. See, there's worry again. Why am I not going out and doing that adventure? Because I'm worried something's going to happen. Well, that worry that you are fearing probably will never happen. So all you're doing really, when you get right down to it in the real world, is depriving yourself of that 90% probability that what you really want is going to come to fruition and everything will be fine. But yet the worry and the fear still burns the vast majority of people out there. So I, I love 
the message you're sending there. I'm happy to help spread it with you. And I think that's just super. Is there anything that you want to mention about conquering fear specifically, the steps to do it that hasn't been covered yet? Yeah, Scott, actually, I want to just sort of uh, talk quickly about, so it's like a three-step little technique I used to to really end any big fears I have if I'm getting sort of like a panic attack or something like that. Uh, I have a little process that I use and I tell clients and stuff and it works like a charm. So yeah, I'd like to share that quick. I'm all ears, man. I was born to hear that. <laughs> all right, Scott. So this this is really something that can be applied across the board. Like we mentioned earlier, there's fears and anxieties that kind of interrelate in different things, whether it's dating or personal life or business, anything really. If you're getting sort of like a a major fear about something, you can apply this technique. The first thing you get when you start to have a fear, you get you know butterflies, you get sweaty palms, you have these crazy thoughts rushing in your head. All these symptoms of like a real strong fear start to come to fruition. And uh, most people, when they start to get a fear, they start to linger on the fear. They, they, what they want to do is hide. They want to run from the fear. They want to go the opposite direction and kind of distract themselves or whatever. And, and sometimes that works, but a lot of the time it doesn't. So the first thing you want to do, step number one, really, to sort of ending fear is to recognize your sensations and rather than run, stand your ground. That's step number one. That's courage. That's facing fear. Absolutely. And that makes you a man. <laughs> it's one of the most important things you can do and really one of the biggest mind shifts you can take in your life right now. So instead of running from fear when you first get it, stand your ground, recognize it. That's step number one. Step number two is to actually welcome it in, which is even more empowering if you think about it. Instead of running from it, trying to hide from it, you welcome it in. So you say, uh, you, you literally have this sort of conversation in your head, um, like dialogue, and you say, you know, it's welcome back. It's good to have you back. I love these sort of butterflies in my stomach. I love these crazy thoughts I'm having. Uh, it's good to to welcome you in again. And you sort of have this dialogue with your fear that you're having. I know, yeah. <laughs> Come so, on, Justin, man. You're you're being too cordial with the fear. You're like, <laughs> I just want to talk to the fear. <laughs> Hell no, man. I want to hear a come at me, bro. That's what I want. <laughs> you know, you just like, you know, bring it, buddy, to the fear. I mean, or is that over the top? I mean, should you just kind of be calm, cool, and collected? Like, okay, fear. I acknowledge you're there and, you know, darn it, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough. <laughs> or you just really want to get a little bit rough with the fear and, and have at it. Is it fisticuffs or is it a calming thing here? Yeah, no, I guess it's whatever really applies to you. So I guess I'm sort of a laid back type of person. I'm a, a bit <laughs> okay, cordial, especially on podcasts. I'm a bit cordial. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. Know, it, it could get a little uh, intense and, you know, start swearing and everything. Whatever you really typically have sort of in your head, that voice in your head, whatever that voice is, you know, that's the voice you use. So that's what it is. You welcome it in, whatever it is, start calling it out, all these feelings you have, you know, sweaty palms and everything that goes along with sort of like a panic attack or something like that. That's step number two. And step number three, the most empowering and most important thing of all is to ask for more of it. So again, it's recognize it, welcome it in. And then step number three, most important thing, ask for more of it. So you ask for more of these sweaty palms. You ask for more of these butterflies in your stomach. You ask for more of these weak and shaky legs and these crazy thoughts about whatever it is you're fearing and whatever it is that's causing anxiety. And when you ask for more of it, when you truly ask for more and say, give me more of this, give me more of these crazy thoughts and these feelings and these butterflies, and you truly sit there and, and embrace that moment fully and ask for more of it, what actually happens is the fear dissipates. It goes away. It only takes a few moments, but it'll go away. And it, I've done this before, tried and tested it personally. And clients that have uh, taken some of my coaching programs have tried and tested. It works like a charm, man. It, you know, anxiety, panic attacks, they all go away within moments after doing this. 
You know, I think what you just said, Justin, sounds really counterintuitive to a lot of guys. But when you really dig into it psychologically, it works. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, the first thing I thought of was how they've done studies of people who do extreme sports or whatever. And the biggest moment of fear is right before they jump off and go for it. Like we were talking about skydiving. The biggest fear, the heart rate is highest, you know, the breathing is heaviest right before you jump out of the plane. But when you jump out of the plane, you sort of experience a little bit of a calm and just enjoy the rush of it because, you know, you've committed to it. You're in. You're all in. And I hear you saying, you know, get all in with this thing. Embrace it and love it because, you know, once you cross that threshold, that's going to be the magical elixir that kind of brings about the cure for the fear itself is going for it. I used to have a huge fear of going to the doctor's office, hmm. but it was funny. Once the doctor came into the room and I started talking to him or her, I was fine. You know, I just kind of figured it'll be all right. I mean, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. And, you know, I used to road race motorcycles also, and I used to not be able to sleep the night before races because of the adrenaline rush. But once I was out there on the motorcycle, I was so focused on getting ahead of that guy in front of me, assuming there was one, right? <laughs> that I didn't think about crashing and dying or getting hurt. I was just out there having fun. It was a freaking blast. More recently, Emily and I went and did something in China called the Plank Road in the Sky, which is at Huashan National Park in Shaanxi Province. And it's billed as the world's most dangerous hike. What it is, is it's basically planks nailed to the side of a cliff that's a mile high. And you inch across it to get to the other side of the trail. And... Nowadays, it's really not all that dangerous because they double belay you on the way across. So, you know, you would have to be pretty stupid to fall off. <laughs> but still, it was an adrenaline rush to get up there and to think we're going to do this amazing, crazy thing that's described worldwide as something so dangerous. But once we were out there on the planks, we were laughing and having a good time and talking to people and even practicing our Mandarin with people around us. And, you know, we got through it. And once we got done, we kind of looked at each other and went, woohoo. That was great. We survived, you know. But while we were there, it's like, hey, you know what? We committed to this thing. We're standing on a piece of wood a mile high now. Might as well just enjoy the scenery. And it was amazing how the biggest fear was before you did it. Mm -hmm. Once you'd go and say, you know what? I'm going to go talk to this woman. Once you say, hi, I'm Scott, to this woman, and she turns around with this cute little smile and says, you know, well, hi, I'm Jennifer. For a lot of guys, I think it's okay from there. Now, for other guys, if they don't know what to say, one fear gets replaced with another, just like I talked about it being a cumulative effect before where it you know, becomes a fear of success. But certainly first things first. If a guy has a goal, if he's never talked to a woman before, if he's never done what's commonly called a cold approach, and he goes and talks to this woman, hey, you know what your thought process should be? If I simply succeed at going, getting this woman's attention, and it turns out that she's friendly, that'll be a huge, awesome success. You can say, hey, you know, I just hope you have a great day and turn around and leave. And you've still accomplished something you've never accomplished before. So jumping off, couldn't agree more. What a great, powerful way to think about getting over those fears. And I think it's just terrific. Mm -hmm. His name is Justin Stenstrom. He is from Elite Man Magazine. And gentlemen, he's also running a really excellently designed and well thought out conference called the Elite Man Conference in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And if you're listening to this show ahead of August of 2016, 
I want you to go to this link right now and grab yourself a ticket to it, especially if you're in the northeastern United States. I mean, you're already there. This is a great place to spend some time in August. I'm going to be there. And a lot of other thought leaders in the whole field of being a better man are going to be there, some of whom I just can't wait to meet and uh, get to know and network with. And I know you'll feel the same way. I'll personally be thrilled to meet some of you guys who are listeners to this show and shake your hand when I'm there. And uh, your hand too, Justin. It'll be the first time we've ever actually met. <laughs> and that's going to be in August. And I want you to go to www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash elite, E-L-I-T-E, to uh Kind of wrap your head around what that whole conference is all about. Get to know Justin. Maybe uh, click on over to the Elite Man Magazine because that's a great website that I'm proud to contribute to. And Justin, this has been an excellent, excellent show. It's something quite different than what we've ever discussed for. And I would say it's long overdue and you've done a great job just, uh, well, beating it over the head with a shovel till it stops twitching in my <laughs> front yard. So thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Scott. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, and guys, if you have not checked out the show notes page, it's relatively new. It's a few months old now. You'll be able to see what Justin looks like. You'll be able to click over to the website and uh, read about what you just listened to. That's at www.thechickwhisperer.com. And while you're there, be sure to join our newsletter. I'll give you wonderful, usable tips on how to be a better man, how to get the women in your life you really want. Not a lot of pickup artist stuff. Not a lot of tricks, not a lot of manipulation at all. Just real good, satisfying truth on what it takes to get a great woman in your life. It's what works, guys. And that's what I talk about nonstop. If you're enjoying the show, you'll love the newsletter. Until I talk to you again on the next episode, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.